everybody. It's Rebecca Johnson of Supergirl Radio, and I have an announcement, and I have two corrections for this episode of the podcast. So the announcement is that due to scheduling conflicts for the rest of season two, Supergirl Radio episodes will now be published on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. Before you get into this character spotlight episode on Monel, here are some things you need to know. Number one, Pa Kent was the one who gave Largan the Bob Cobb alias, so we can't blame Clark Kent for that. And number two, Bob Cobb sold brushes, clothes brushes, toothbrushes, hairbrushes, shoe brushes, and brush brushes. So basically all the brushes, not vacuum cleaners. But Bob Cobb sounds like a guy who would try to sell you anything he could to pay his bills. So you know what? Good for you, Bob Cobb. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode, we are joined by Supergirl and Legion of Superheroes expert Corinne McCreary of Supergirl Power Hour to shine a character spotlight on Monel. So, Corinne, thanks so much for coming back to Supergirl Radio, talking about some Legion stuff, talking about some Supergirl. Um, so very excited to have you back. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm I'm sorry it had to be under these circumstances where we're talking about Monel. <laughs> I know uh, he's been a very uh, contentious character this season on Supergirl, but uh, he has a very uh, fascinating comics origin. So I think that would uh, be something fun to talk about. And since I keep goofing up his origin story on the podcast, I, I, I thought this might be a, g- a good episode to do so we could all learn something. Um, so let's start with his comics backstory. Monel was created by Robert Bernstein and George Papp and first appeared in Superboy number 89 from June 1961. All right. So, Corinne, can you guide us through the Monel backstory, his origin, where he's from? What is his story when he first pops up into DC Comics? So, like Carly said, he first appeared in Superboy number 89. Uh, so he appeared in the past of the Superman stories. Like, So they had the Superman titles, which were Superman and Action Comics, and then Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane and Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen that were all based in the present. And then they had the Superboy title, which was based approximately 15 years prior to the current stories revolving around young Clark Kent on the farm in Smallville, or as the case came to be later on, 
the Kents moved into Smallville and opened a general store and were living in town. So Monel appeared in the Superboy stories, much like Superboy himself had arrived to Earth. Um, he arrived in a rocket and didn't remember anything about himself. So Superboy adopts him as his older brother, Monel, and he got his name because he was found on a Monday. So Cal was just like, we'll just use the suffix Mon for your name because it's a Monday. <laughs> so so where where do you, uh, Corinne, do you land on the name pronunciation? Do you say, when you're like reading a comic, do you say Monel or do you say the Mun since it, you know, Monday is... How I how I say the name of the day the day of the week. I say Monel. Okay. Uh, pretty much like the TV show says it, and that's how I've always said it. But uh, so it turns out that Monel is not a Kryptonian whatsoever. He's actually a Daxamite, which is a similar planet to Krypton. Uh, has the same type of red sun. Gets the same type of powers on planet Earth, except that instead of kryptonite, their weakness is lead, which is kind of common here on Earth. <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so um, he gets lead poisoning and it's going to be fatal for him. So Superboy decides to save his life by putting him in the Phantom Zone, which at the time was inhabited by hundreds of dastardly villains from Krypton's past. Because, <laughs> as the notes say, Superman in the 1960s was a bit of a jerk. <laughs> like, he was not a nice guy. As you can glean from listening to any single episode of my podcast, <laughs> Silver Age Superman was not a great person. Um, so... Superboy never wound up finding a cure for his lead poisoning, and <laughs> it, it was finally centuries later in the 30th century when all of the Phantom Zone prisoners had since been let out for good behavior <laughs> or otherwise eliminated. So Monel was alone in the Phantom <laughs> Zone. <laughs> I mean, not that, you know, having the criminals was any better, but... At least he had someone to talk to. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, Monel gets released by the Legion of Superheroes, who do find a cure for him, because Brainiac 5 is a lot smarter than Superboy ever was. And originally it was Brainiac 5 and Saturn Girl, um... In later stories, that was retconned to just be Brainy, because Brainy's ego wouldn't have it any other way. And then he became a permanent member of the Legion of Superheroes for the next, you know, 20-some-odd years. He did have a relationship with Shadowlass at one point. Um, that was right around the Giffen era of Legion of Superheroes. So is that his his big love interest in the comics, uh, Shadowlass? Does he have any other uh, characters he's been linked to, or is Shadowlass kind of the, the big love interest for him? Shadowlass is the only one I can remember, and 
he was actually her third choice of Legion boyfriend <laughs> after getting turned down by her first two choices. <laughs> Which were uh, Superboy and Brainiac 5. So he, he wasn't even uh, a first choice high, high class boyfriend. She just had to settle for him. Yikes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty grim, Mono. Um, so, so when he joins the, the Legion of Superheroes, uh, I know we've talked about previously that they have like a system where they elect leaders and they have a, a process by how they bring in members. What do you do you know that story about how he joins the Legion of Superheroes? He joined the Legion in Adventure Comics number 293. So very early in the Legion's run, he was like the 17th member of the Legion and they didn't actually make him do an initiation test. He saved them from one of their villains and that was all they needed. <laughs> I well I guess that 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 would pass the test for me. If somebody was like, I'm going to save you from a bad guy, I'd be like, you're hired. Um, is that unique uh, in terms of Legion membership? Most of them have to pass a test, yes? Most of them do. Um, later on in the Legion series, it became less and less of a thing. Um, they wound up eventually having an academy where they would train new recruits and then the recruits would graduate from the academy into the Legion proper. And one way to get out of the academy early was by proving yourself on a mission type thing. So that's essentially what Monel did is proving himself on a mission. I also have lots of questions about his abilities, his superpowers, if you know anything about that. I do. Um, for the most part, his abilities are very similar to the Super Family. Um, the TV show takes him down a notch. Um, otherwise, Daxmites in the comics are very, very similar to Kryptonians in the comics. They have the same strength, the same invulnerability. The biggest difference is, like I said before, the, the difference in weaknesses. Um, where lead is their weakness instead of kryptonite. So he has strength, speed, uh, and vulnerability. He can heal quickly. Uh, he has flight, which they don't really show on the show on the TV series. Um, has the breath powers, which I don't know about vortex breath. Vortex breath is just the sucking in instead oh, okay. of blowing out. Gotcha. Um, for the TV show, what it seems like they're doing is they are giving him the powers of a Golden Age Kryptonian. Because when Superman's story started, he wasn't invulnerable. He wasn't able to fly. He leapt tall buildings in a single bound, which is what we see Monel doing is leaping. And nothing short of a bursting shell could burst his skin. So he wasn't quite invulnerable. So that's what it seems to me is that they're trying to give him, tone him down so he's not quite as powerful as Kara and give him that slight difference. Yeah, because the comic version seems like he, like you said, has most of the same crypt, uh, same powers as Kryptonians. Um, and the, the weaknesses are similar except for the lead uh, situation. Although I, I saw a vision limitation 
was a, a weakness for Monel as well, and, and magic, um, which is also a, a weakness for Kryptonians. Um, so lead does seem the different uh, seem to be the difference there. And um, I also has I have a lot of Monel questions um, because <laughs> when I was when I was looking up Monel to try to educate myself. I came upon all of these other aliases that he had because I'm I'm interested <laughs> I'm interested in those because I'm like well why why do why do they have these other aliases so um, I'm just going to go down the list Corinne and if you know anything about any of these aliases let me know because um, the first one was Bob Cobb and uh, <laughs> Bob I was like Cobb. that's a terrible name uh, by the way so is, so um, I kind of want to know about Bob Cobb. You can blame Silver Age Superboy again for that, oh, that he's, one. He's oh, terrible man. at naming people. What is he doing? Right? Um, that was the the human name that Clark gave to Monel <laughs> as a secret identity. So that's his equivalent of Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah. And rather than, you know, give him a Kent name, Bob Cobb, and if I remember right, he was a traveling <laughs> vacuum salesman. Oh. This this is not a good secret <laughs> identity so far. Traveling vacuum salesman. I mean, I might be wrong on that one. I mean, that, traveling that's, something salesman. I, I hope you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems right. That seems like something I want to associate with Mono. Um, no offense to Bob Cobbs of the world, um, but it's but it's. But it's a very um, obvious we're gonna name. Some, we're going to get some strongly worded letter from Bob Cobbs. The Bob Cobbs are going to write in, um, which they should uh, if, uh, if we're uh, being offensive about your name. Um, but I just think that's a, a very, um, it's not a very clever secret identity name. You know, it's, it's, maybe, maybe it's uh, simplicity. Uh, it's simplicity could help him blend in. But it just kind of seems like if you're going to make your names rhyme intentionally, that may not be the best way to go about it. Uh, but Bob Cobb, is a, that's a standout, I think, uh, for me. Yeah. Corinne, do you have any standout stories from the comics that you would recommend to people if they wanted to know more about the character of Mono? The biggest ones, um, I keep going back to it. The Great Darkness Saga is still the best Legion story ever told. Uh, Monel has some big parts in it. So, in terms of the Great Darkness saga, what is Monel's big part in that story? Monel's big part in that story is he is one of the Legion's heavy hitters, and it is his home planet that Darkseid claims as his new foothold. Darkseid reshapes the entire planet of Daxum into a giant-sized bust of his own head. What? <laughs> I, w- I wish I were kidding. <laughs> I'm no. glad you're not. <laughs> Morgan's like, give me all the ridiculous comic book storylines. <laughs> give me all of this. <laughs> like, like, at the end of the penultimate issue. Nice use of penultimate. Nice. <laughs> um, we are a fan of that word. <laughs> yes, big fan. <laughs> That's how we get revealed that Darkseid is the big bad of the story. Is he brainwashes the entire planet of Daxum to be his new minions. So he has an entire planet full of superpowered 
drones, and he has them use their superpowers to Mount Rushmore their planet into his head. The whole planet, just the shape of Darkseid's head. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I have it. I have the Great Darkness Saga in my wish list on Comicsology. I need to get on this. I need to just put all of everything else, prioritize my list so that the, the Great Darkness Saga goes up on top because uh, this is good new information for me to have. This, this, uh, you're really selling it for me. Uh, so uh, I think that's that sounds really um, delightfully weird. Uh, so I could be into that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's one of my favorites of all time. There's a reason why it was on Supergirl Power Hour. It was our first continuity break. Like, we typically just go issue by issue through Supergirl's chronology. And then we got to the issues where she joined the Legion and we brought on a special guest who is a huge fan of the Legion herself. And we covered the first couple of times she met the Legion and then the Great Darkness Saga all at once so that we could just get it out of the way. And I'm very happy we did that because it gave me the chance to gush about that for a full two hours. Well, I am definitely going to read that to get some more Monel. And I, I'm I'm curious because you, you mentioned that Daxum plays a part in the Great Darkness Saga. Do you get to spend a lot of time as a reader on Daxum? Do you like get to know the, the Daxum people, or is it is it just kind of something that's in the background? Because I'm very curious about da- uh, Daxum, because the only thing, uh, the only story that I had any real connection to the Daxamite people was when I read through Invasion, and there were some Daxamites in that story. So I was curious, do they um, really delve into Daxum in that story, or is it just kind of superfluous? You get a little bit of showing you things going on on the planet before Darkseid takes it over. Otherwise, the entire Paul Levitz and Keith Giffen run on Legion of Superheroes kind of builds to Great Darkness Saga and other huge arcs that they did later. They were fans of just building up their stories for a long, long play. Kind of like a season of television type approach to comic books instead of the current write for the trade they were writing for the omnibus Mm. they alluded to things that would happen years later in early stories it's much like what chris claremont did with the x-men and what marv wolfman and george perez did with the new teen titans those three books defined what comic books should be like in the early 1980s and so we get a little bit of what's going on in dax or on daxum in great darkness saga but leading up to great darkness saga we learned a lot more about it too we learned that they are primarily a very very um isolationist planet they didn't like to venture away from their home planet all that often, which is why they didn't essentially take over the galaxy. Since, you know, anytime they get to somewhere where they have a yellow sun, they become superpowered gods. The way to eliminate that threat is by not having them be a spacefaring race for the most part. 
they were they were just uh, homebodies. Uh, yeah, they, Daxamite homebodies. You could liken them a lot to America in between the two world wars, where we just we just like to keep to ourselves <laughs> and didn't really care what was going on around us as long as we were okay. And then for more modern stuff, um, Monel had a huge role in the new Krypton storyline that happened right around 2009, in which the city of Kandor, which is a bottled city of Kryptonians that were abducted from their home planet before it got destroyed by the villain Brainiac, they got re-enlarged to full-size Kryptonians, which when you introduce a million new Kryptonians to the planet Earth causes a few problems because, you know, not every Kryptonian is pure of heart like our dear Cal and Kara. That was a pretty good storyline for Supergirl as well, if I remember that. That involved some of the Sterling Gates run. The very beginning of Sterling's run. He, he did one issue and then he was right into the crossover. And during that time... What happened is the new Kryptonians decided they didn't want to be on Earth. So they created their own planet and put it in our solar system opposite Earth. So it was in the same orbit, essentially, just on the other side of the sun, which I don't know the physics of that, how that works real well, but it's comics, so grain of salt. Um <laughs> And both Superman and Supergirl were given a choice of whether they wanted to leave Earth and join their families on Krypton, or New Krypton as it were, or if they wanted to stay on Earth and renounce their Kryptonian citizenship. And to keep an eye on General Zod, Superman chose the first. And Supergirl also chose to go to New Krypton because that's where her mother and her father were until her father died shortly, shortly thereafter. And while he was on New Krypton, Clark entrusted protection of Earth to Monel. So Monel got a snazzy new costume, which was essentially a reverse color Superman costume. <laughs> like it was red shirt, red tights, blue underwear, blue cape, blue boots, and still had his cape holders because he has these nice little gold circle cape holders and then a tiny Superman logo in the corner of his chest, which I don't get because, well, that's not your symbol. <laughs> um, well i guess i guess he figures i've got the l in my name i can borrow the s shield that's fine uh, but yeah it is it is it is weird because it sort of does the uh in some of the supergirl comics she has that where it's like the small s on one side um instead of in the in the very middle um, so that, that's kind of what that reminds me of. But now I kind of want to yeah. go back and reread uh, some of the new Krypton stuff because I totally, I guess when I was reading it, I was reading it for Supergirl and I totally glossed over the Monel part of it. So I'm going to have to go back and reread that. He took over the Superman book. Superman issue, or Superman issues 685 to 699 
were all focused on Monel. And at the time, he also joined the Justice League of America, which at that point in time was the essentially the sidekicks growing up version of the Justice League because it was Dick Grayson was their Batman, Donna Troy was their Wonder Person, and then Monel was their Superman analog. And then when he left the Justice League, Supergirl joined. So it was still the sidekicks growing up version of the Justice League. Do you know anything about the death of Monel? Um, I, I, there's some kind of story uh, that I've seen about. Did did Monel die? Monel apparently died after failing to take a dose of Brainy's anti-lead serum because even Brainy couldn't get a permanent version going. And Eltrogand, a distant descendant of his older brother, sacrificed his life force to restore Monel to life. Uh, years later, Monel found that his anti-lead serum was losing its potency. With Superboy's help, they were able to synthesize a new serum, um, but had to force Monel to the Phantom Zone for a brief but traumatic period. Many believe Monel did die, and it is Eltrogan's personality to, who took control of Monel's body at this point. So, once Superboy uh, and Brainy were able to find a permanent cure for the lead poisoning, they bring Monel back out of the Phantom Zone, and Monel continues to be kind of depressed and broody, which led to the the death of Superboy story, which is <laughs> which is a continuity cluster <laughs> because it happened after the crisis. So essentially what happened is the Legion were told that they could no longer use Superboy or Supergirl. The writers were told that after the crisis happened. And that was a big deal for the Legion because they were founded on the principle of Superboy, but in this new continuity that sprung out of crisis, Superboy never happened. Clark didn't get his powers until after he was a teenager and had graduated from high school, so he could never have been a legionnaire. He could never have been the inspiration for the Legion. So their answer to that was to create a pocket universe in which there was a fake version of Superboy who served as the inspiration for the Legion. And then they told a four-part story where that Superboy died, sacrificing himself for his friends after being a pawn of the Legion's greatest villain, which is the Time Trapper. And this is the story that led to the death of Mon-El where after that battle with the Time Trapper, a severely injured Monel, who had now forcibly been married to Shadow Lass, which is a story I don't know, which sounds very, very traumatic. Yeah, especially uh, since Monel was like her, what, third choice? Right? Yeah. And now, and now they're forcibly married? That sounds like an awful situation. I don't think anybody wants to be in that relationship. Monel succumbs to his injuries and appears to die. And then five years later, he's awoken from the grave. 
and there are three dueling consciousnesses in him, Largand, Eltrogand, and Time Trapper. He goes to find Shadow Lass, who is still mourning him five years later, and then takes him to Brainiac 5's lab. Brainy is able to see the three different brain wavelengths, and it's then that the Time Trapper personality kills the Eltrogan personality, which turns out was the one that was depressed. And once it was down to just Monel versus the Time Trapper, Monel does what is known in the Legion fandom as a continuity punch. <laughs> so what is which, that? What does that mean? So the continuity punch has reared its ugly head a couple of times. Um, Monel was the first. If I remember right, he punched the Time Trapper so hard that reality shattered. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's pretty hard. And That's dangerous. So he reshaped reality so that the Legion no longer had anything to do with Superboy and Supergirl. And a few other minor changes to the Legion history happened because of this. The second continuity punch belongs to Superboy Prime, and it happened at the beginning of Infinite Crisis. And this time it was that he punched the walls of reality so hard that they broke <laughs> and reshaped reality to his whims, essentially. And that was it for the Silver Age version of the Legion. That's where that version of the Legion really ended. And then we get into the what is known as the Archie Legion and then later into the three-boot Legion, and then finally into the retro-boot Legion, which was when Jeff Johns brought back the Silver Age version of the Legion, um, including Monel and Shadow Lass. And that's when Shadow Lass left Monel for a racist prick. Oh, Shadow, Shadow Lass, we need to have a talk. Um, she yeah, she does Shady not seem is... to have a lot of uh, good taste. She's she's not really aiming for the 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 high standard. Seems like she she's <laughs> she's going for the low standard. So uh, come on, Shadow Lass, get it together. Shady has an appropriate nickname. That that seems is... like it. Yeah, that fits her. <laughs> which is Shady. Yeah. <laughs> like... um, uh. Well, I had a question because we we sort of uh, mentioned Eltro Gand. Um, which is similar to the Largan name that's associated with Monel. So, do you know um, the the story? Is is Largan just to clear it up for me in my brain? Largan is that the name Monel um, has from Daxum? And then when he comes, that to, is to... his real name. Okay, okay. That is Monel's real non fake Kryptonian, non Bob Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> name okay which if you notice the tv show gave that name to his dad yeah i thought that was very confusing uh i am still confused why he's monel in the show at all because he wasn't named by superboy yeah <laughs> like, and, and nobody seems to question it uh why his 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 name has an l in it right why does he have a kryptonian name <laughs> he should not have a kryptonian name <laughs> That is definitely. There's a lot of questions about Monel's name on on the, the TV series. Lots of questions. 
Um, well, do you have any other thoughts about Mono in the comics before we move on? So, one of the questions that you had in the document was whether he and Supergirl ever had a relationship in the comics. Yes. Which, no. <laughs> However, <laughs> in Supergirl number 51, during the Sterling Gates Jamal Eigel year, during the New Krypton storyline, towards the end of the New Krypton storyline, they do share a kiss. It is mostly seen as a good luck kiss where Supergirl out of the blue just plants one on him and it's really endearing and really adorable. But that is the only romance that I know of from the comics for okay. the two of them. So the, so there's a little bit of precedence um, for something to be there uh, between Supergirl and Monel. That's That's good to know. Good to know. Well, uh, Morgan, uh, would you take us through the Legion of Superheroes animated TV show? Sure. Um, aside from Supergirl season two, the only other attempt at a television uh, adaptation of Monel was a character named Superman X, who was based on Monel, Connell, and the Eradicator. Uh, according to the animated Legion of Superheroes series producer uh, James Tucker, Superman X was created to fill the role of Monel due to concern that Monel would be too similar to Superman to work on a kids' show. Yeah, and so when I was investigating this, I came across a quote from James Tucker, and he said, quote, Originally, the idea we pitched to the network w uh, for the second season was to introduce Monel because they wanted a souped-up Superman. And he said, well, we don't really want to change Superman's character from what we have established, so it would, it would be better to use Monel. Unfortunately, Monel in and of himself is not an easy sell to the average non-comic book reading fan. <laughs> um, and uh, James Tucker went on to say, even comic book fans, a lot of them don't understand Monel. Unquote. Um, so I, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Corinne, if you had uh, watched uh, some of this series, um, because I I was trying to to watch some of these episodes with Superman X in them. And I was really confused by James Tucker's quote because it seemed to me like he was saying, well, we don't want to have, you know, a character like Monel because he's too similar to Superman. But then when I was watching the show, they kept making comparisons of this Superman X to Superman on the show. And I was like, I'm confused by this. You're trying not to, like, have him be too similar but you're using him in a way that is very similar. Uh, so I was very confused uh, with the Legion of Superheroes animated TV show and the way they were trying to go about this. Do you, do you have any thoughts on it? I don't because I haven't seen that cartoon. Um, I haven't seen any of the episodes of either season. So I am just as lost as you are, Rebecca. Well, I uh, I was confused by James Tucker and, and what he was trying to go for there because it seemed to me like if they were struggling to uh, separate a, a Mon-El-type character from the Superman on the, the series, 
then why not just use Monel as he was in the comics? Because that seemed like it would be a perfectly fine way to do it. It seemed like the Superman X yeah. character um, was something of a time traveler. He had a very similar look to Superman. His costume has the red and the blue and the S shield, uh, the red, the blue, and the yellow. I should there are all the primary colors there. He has the dark hair. Um, he does have a little bit of a different design, um, but a little bit of mullet. It looks like a little bit, a <laughs> little bit of a party in the back. Um, but he, <laughs> but he is he's very close to uh, Superman, and so it's it's interesting on the on the series they do have him team up with Superman a little bit, and there's a lot of talk with his character about how he doesn't have the heart of Superman. Uh, that, you know, there's something, you know, his his spirit is not as, you know, good as the real Superman. So he 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 has to prove himself uh, a lot. But his, the Superman X character, he, he calls himself Kel-El. Um, but this is supposed to be, according to the, the people behind the show, is kind of the substitute for Mon-El because they didn't want to use him. Um, for uh, confusing reasons that I, I just, I fully don't understand. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did think it was nice in and, and the last episode that I believe he's in, uh, Dark Victory Part 2, this is the episode, sort of ends on Superman X becoming a member of the Legion. So it's kind of a neat moment where they open up the box and there's the ring and they give him the ring and he has to... Do, do the Legion uh, members, do they have to say an oath? Because he kind of said an oath, and I didn't know if that was a thing in the comics. Not to my knowledge. Okay. Like, I didn't know if I the Legion had like a, like a Green Lantern oath or anything like that. Um, but he, he sort of, they have like a ceremony where he gets his Legion ring, and um, so it was a nice way to end that episode. Um, and that's really kind of it. Monel doesn't have a lot of appearances outside of the comics he has he barely has the animated uh legion of superheroes tv sh- uh, show because it's not really monel so right so uh that brings us to supergirl where we get our first actual <sighs> attempt at bringing this character to life outside of the comics um so so we so <laughs> so we get the first live action incarnation and he's played by actor chris wood um, so, uh, Corinne, I know Morgan and Carly and I have, have talked about Monel <laughs> at length. We have a Monel scale. <laughs> yeah. We, we talk about him quite a bit. We have a scale. Um, so Corinne, where, where do you fall on the, on the Mon scale? <laughs> Are you Mon positive, Mon neutral or Mon, mon negative? I am as far Mon negative as Carly. Oh, that's pretty mon negative. <laughs> like I absolutely despise this character. And like, and what is it about the the way he's been portrayed on the show that is not jiving with you? He strikes me as very abusive. Uh, he has gaslit Kara on multiple occasions. He has talked in the past about how it was easier when he didn't treat women like people. And things like that just really drive me bonkers that I don't think this is the character for Kara to be in a relationship with. Like, for me, the show was all about empowering young women to not be defined by relationships. And then we have the second season where Kara is just that. And that's driving me insane. 
since you're familiar with the comic book version of the character, um, do you see any elements of the way he's been portrayed on Supergirl? Or is there anything from the comics that you can grab onto um, in his portrayal? Not really. He is almost nothing like Monel from the comics, aside from the name. And even then, he he has the <laughs> Kryptonian name and not the Daxamite name. So, because for the most part, Monel was his Legion call sign rather than his name in the comics. Like so, his friends called him Lar for the most part because that was his name. So that's sort of like a like a code name, like some like something when they're out in the field. That's what they call each other, right? You know, like Lightning Lad and Lightning Lass and Saturn Girl, they all have real names too. So Monel was just his call sign essentially. And um, in terms of you know, we we have Monel, but then we've also been introduced to some other Daxmites. We get to meet his parents and we see a little bit of his backstory and get to hear a bit a little bit about Daxum. How do how do you feel about the portrayal of Daxum and the Daxamites on the show. Daxum I really enjoy in the show. It still seems pretty isolationist. It seems like Krypton was more of the planet that tried to go out and do things in the galaxy, and Daxum seemed to more only care about their own planet and partying all the time. And I like that. And I love the other Daxamites that we've met. Like, I love Monel's parents in the show. So, that I do like. I kind of want to pose this to everybody since we've kind of gone through a little bit of Monel's history and we've learned a little more. I think we've taken away some things, uh, at least I know I have. Uh, about Monel's character, uh, is is there anything? This goes for everybody. Is is there anything like that you would want to see after you've learned all this information? Is there anything that you would want the show to this? This can be our our pitch meeting to the Supergirl <laughs> writers. Is there anything that you would throw out there that you would be like, I would like to see this on the screen? Corinne, do you have anything that you would you would wish that the Supergirl writers would pull from Monel's history and and and, and give to Chris Wood's portrayal? Yes, yes. I, I would like to see a thousand years in the Phantom Zone, please. <laughs> All <laughs> <But> alone. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we we never have seen it. the inside of the Phantom Zone, have we? We've just right. kind of uh, we've we've known that Kara has been in the pod, but we never have actually gotten to experience the Phantom Zone. So maybe they could do that. They could throw Monel in there, and we could get to see the Phantom Zone. I'm kind of thinking that's what's going to happen in the season finale. I'm thinking that that's going to be the end of Monel's story on the show. Is he's going to get trapped in the Phantom Zone? At least that's what my hope is. Um, Carly, is there anything that you would uh, pitch? to the, the writers of the show to, to try and get you to um, have an upward trend on the Mon scale? Is there anything that they could do <laughs> that could uh, elevate the character in your eyes? So if, if I can't pick the Phantom Zone... <laughs> yeah, the, if, if you can uh, go with the unique I have, answer. I have, two, I have two suggestions. One would be 
he has to go forward into the future somehow and become a member of the Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> but like, but, but like, can't come back at all. <laughs> but he can send back a hunky green boyfriend for Kara. That sounds right. good. That I'm okay with. The other one would be if they can't do that, maybe something from like the Death of Monel storyline where <laughs> it turns out he just, he's had it turns out he's had a different brain wavelength making him a jerk. Mm. And once they remove it, he's actually not a terrible there we go. <laughs> it's, it's like I've had a personality transplant. Right. He had he had Eltro he had Eltrogand in his head the whole time. And, I, and that like was that. actually what was making him a sexist jerk. <laughs> I think, but I honestly think it would be cool to like see him actually have to time travel to the future and become a member of the Legion. And then it could kind of wrap up his storyline in a way where like he gets to be a hero, just not on the show, like in National City anymore. <laughs> you know, like it could, you could still give him a good send off. That sounds good. Um, Morgan, do you have any um, pitches that you would like to throw out there? I say we get the Bob Cobb version. Yes! <laughs> I'm a door salesman. <laughs> At the end of the season, he's just like, Kara, it's been great, but my true calling is being a door-to-door salesman and then he just like picks up a briefcase that like comes out of nowhere she's like where'd that come from and like puts on a little hat and he's like bye <laughs> i'm bob cobb now yeah i i like that i i'm a little disappointed now that uh i know about bob cobb because that seems like the perfect name that they should have gone with in his uh identity at catco they went with that mike matthews uh, secret identity and Bob Cobb. Right. I the Mike the Mike identity that they used for one episode, and then they literally were just like, "Oh yeah, that's Monel." Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's true. I'm, I'm kind of. Uh, I wish they had used Bob Cobb there. They had Bob Cobb at their disposal, and they just ignored it. They didn't seize that opportunity to use Bob Cobb. Oh yeah, that is that is disappointing. Maybe <laughs> maybe in the future, maybe there will be. Maybe he'll go out and he'll need to um, be like a secret agent, and he'll use the uh, Bob Cobb name to go <laughs> undercover. Uh, we'll we'll As put a we'll put that on vacuum salesman. Yes, yes, that is his secret agent persona that needs to be used at some point. Um, I'll, I'll put that on my list next to snapper snapping. Uh, so that means that will never happen. Um, my pitch, I, I'm very interested in this shadow lass relationship because that seems like <laughs> a, a, a tragedy, um, that, uh, goes nowhere good. Um, and that I, I could be into seeing where that, um, where that tragic storyline could go. So I, th- I would, it would be nice to see, cause I think what is good for Monel in terms of the, the show is that they've started to m- not necessarily move him away from Kara, but giving him additional characters that he can interact with just for him, like with Queen Rhea and, and King Largand. Um, so that would be neat to see him with other Legion members at some point, you know, seeing him make those connections. So I don't know, maybe it could be Shadow West, maybe it could be Brainiac 5, whoever. Uh, but that, that could be something that I would be into. So there, there you go. We've got some pitches, free ideas, <laughs> Supergirl writers. If, um, if Monel uh, <laughs> hangs around another season, if he, if he doesn't go to the Phantom Zone, those are some ideas if anybody wants to use them. 
I guess it's going to do it for our character spotlight on Monel. I feel like I've uh, I've I've done some changing and some growing, uh, knowing about this character. So um, <laughs> so thank you, Corinne, for coming back and helping us learn more about this character that um, has been very controversial. Uh, this season on Supergirl, but I, I think maybe, you know, especially with his comics version, uh, maybe he's a little misunderstood. So uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing some of your knowledge. Um, where can our listeners find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at CoreyMarie21, and then they can find me on my podcast, Supergirl Power Hour, every month. Um, we are going through the history of... Supergirl throughout the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. Um, currently, we are in 1963, I want to say. So we are edging our way towards the Bronze Age. Um, they can find that on iTunes and Stitcher, and on Twitter at Sgirl Power Hour, and on Facebook at Supergirl Power Hour. And this is kind of our maybe like I want to say a third attempt sort of at a mini Supergirl Radio Supergirl Power Hour crossover. We had the it, Legion it, we had the Legion Spotlight, then Morgan was on Supergirl Power Hour, and then we had you back for this one. So we're going to have to do like an official, you know, big We crossover. do and <laughs> we are trying for another small one in the very near future. So Ooh, Very good. Keep your ears peeled for that. All right, all right. So um, we'll we'll have to do uh, we'll have to find another um, reason to you know get everybody together for a big Supergirl episode. That would be a lot of fun. Well, I know you were looking to read the uh, Daring New Adventures series. Yes, we could possibly do a crossover episode where James and I jump ahead to the future for a bit and cover that because it's one of my favorite series. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those series that I, I have all of the issues. I'm ready to jump in, but, you know, I, I want to be able to uh, to cover it in some way in podcast form because that that would, I you know, it's something that hasn't, I don't think, been discussed much uh, in, in podcasting. So uh, I think that would be a good way to do that. So we'll have, we'll, have to, we'll have to plan something. Yes. Well, if you would like to contact us at Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We are available on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we also have a, a Spotify playlist if you want to go check out some cool jams about Supergirl and uh, hear all the music from the TV series. We've got it there on our playlist. And we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. Thanks to Raw3457, who left us a review on iTunes. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so you can follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, we're still having some mega feed uh, problems. So uh, I do, I, I'm not adding the shows back into <laughs> to that just yet, Morgan. So you're off the hook I, for another another episode. I kind of miss it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have that challenge anymore. I feel I feel so empty now. <laughs> 
Well, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And you can watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash DuckMilkProd. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. And I've been uploading, I've been doing a series on uh, Batman v Superman, if you are interested in that. Uh, I've got a couple of videos up there now. So that's that's been a lot of fun to uh, put together. I've been uh, stretching my creative muscles, doing a lot of voiceover recording. Uh, so if you uh, care about listening to my voice and watching some footage from the movie, uh, those uh, videos are up on my YouTube channel. You can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I'm currently writing over at Nerdist and Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, just recently, I was in Orlando for Star Wars Celebration, wrote up a bunch of pieces about Star Wars. So if that's up your alley, uh, you can check those out. I also recorded an episode on a show called Beltway Banthas, which is a show by one of our listeners, Suara, um, basically discussing the intersection of Star Wars and politics. And we talked from Star Wars Celebration with a couple other guys about uh, Star Wars and using it as escapism in today's tumultuous <laughs> political climate. Uh, but it was a really fun conversation. We talked about, you know, our own personal experience with finding finding Star Wars as kids and how we watch it now as adults versus when we watched it as kids and so it was a lot of fun. So that should be going up. This will pro- It'll probably be up when, by the time this episode comes out. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. Um, and you can also find some of my writing on Buddy TV. I just started uh, recapping the final season of Pretty Little Liars. So if, if you uh, happen to have feelings about both Mon L and A, uh, <laughs> you should check that out. <laughs> Maybe Mon L is A. <laughs> 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 that would make perfect sense. Oh my gosh. Mon L is A. <laughs> He We're would discovering be. some stuff tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Well, until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope you had an awe and some time learning more about Monel of Dex. Mm-hmm.